Culture, Arts in Clare is funded by Commission Naman with a television licence fee. Now, recently we devoted the final hour of Morning Focus to the important topic of women in business in Clare and it turned out to be an interesting, informative and enlightening conversation and we're certainly hoping that the final hour of today's show will uh, prove to be the same as we turn our attention towards the world of arts within the Banner County and uh, joining me to chat about this particular topic and uh, all the various uh, elements contained within in studio. I'm joined uh, by the Director of Glore here in Ennis, Marie O'Byrne. Marie, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Thanks very much for coming in for the first time. Uh, I was actually in last night with Joan Henry. Oh, there you go. Okay, the second time in quick succession. Uh, First time with me. (laughs) Uh, Also in studio, what is Sarah Faust, the artist and owner, director of Faust Gallery. Sarah, how are you? Good morning. Uh, Good morning to you. Thanks very much for coming in. And on the line uh, of Cup of Tea TV fame, it's the man who loves a good gig. It's Damien O'Rourke. Damien, how are you? I'm great. uh, Thanks for inviting me here. It's it's an honour to be on this panel with Marie and Sarah, so really glad to talk about these things. No, we're great to have uh, the the three of you on. Very much obliged. Uh, look, so much to get through. Um, uh, as well, start with yourself, Marie. Uh, now that you're becoming a regular fixture in Clare <laughs> FM, um, are you? You're about what six, seven-ish months into uh, the director role at Clare after replacing Orla Flanagan. How, does it still feel relatively new? How's it going so far? Um, it, uh, yeah, I suppose in some ways, yes. Um, I used to be tech manager in Glore before I went up to Sligo for 12 years. So the building was very familiar to me and some of the staff team are, are still there. So that was lovely to, to see the old faces. But um, I'm getting to know the rest of the amazing team that are over there. Um, and I suppose there's just been, there's been changes. Um, I, I, I feel like I don't fully know the, the current artist community yet. There's been, seems like lots of influx um, uh, in the amazing community so um, definitely feels like I'm still settling in in terms of getting to know the community oh, But probably nice to have those familiar faces, a certain element of familiar faces there to ease the integration process but also they can help bring you up to speed on who's been coming in and who's been featuring uh, over the last number of years at oh, Clore. Absolutely, absolutely. The staff have been incredible in terms of just, um, you know, helping me to bed in. Um, and and also it's been great to have, you know, I still have some contacts in the area um, just from having grown up here and having worked in Glore before. So it's lovely to be able to have, um, I still have some numbers in my phone book that I can call. So so that's, a, you know, it feels like a few steps um, forward in terms of that. Okay, well, uh, glad that... Uh, um, you are getting on uh, grand so far uh, in the role. This is the part of the introduction where, I don't know, it's almost like Blind Date where you tell the, the person behind the screen a bit about yourself, <laughs> apart from your name. Um, uh, t- tell us a bit more about your background, so Marie. You mentioned you were okay. up in Sligo for 12 years. Yeah, I was up um, before before... I suppose my first real job in the world was uh, was in Glore as tech manager. Um, uh, so I was there from 2002 to 2011. I started off in the bar and sort of worked my way up to tech manager in 2004 um, and then did seven years in that. And I also looked after the traditional arts programming for the last few years there. And then I applied for the job of director in the Hawkswell in Sligo and went up there um, and said I'd, le- I'd stay for three years. And, and if the job ever came up in Glore, I'd come back. And it came up a couple of times and I just wasn't ready I just um, I had more, more to do and it's like you knew that yourself like you, you yeah, knew you had more learning yeah, to do yeah 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 yeah. I mean it wasn't they were never easy decisions not to come back home mm-hmm. but um, yeah yeah but uh, I, th- I think it was this was the right timing for me to come back um, well, well you've a bit you have a big smile on your face uh, that says you're glad to be back in the Banner County absolutely. anyway that's for sure absolutely. okay uh, well great to have you in with us uh, Sarah as well thanks very much for coming in um, tell us a little bit about your own artistic background a journey in the arts 
arts and uh, we'll, we'll get on to the, uh, I suppose, establishment of Faust Gallery then. So I've been in um, in Ireland for about 22 years and um, I prior to moving to Ireland, I was living in San Francisco in California and working in a lot of different capacities within the arts. So I had, um, after graduating with a degree in art and um, realising that there's no um, easy way to make a living with a degree in the arts, um, I made the decision to stay close to the arts, but to have jobs. <laughs> so I went looking and I, I've worked in all kinds of different jobs, like um, I've worked as a framer, I've worked in art galleries, uh, commercial art galleries, and I've worked as um, in marketing for a non-profit arts organisation. And um, I've also worked as an educator within the arts. So I've taught art and painted murals <clears throat> with all different sorts of people from um, very young children to um, teenagers, adults, um, the elderly and um, also worked in um, San Quentin prison in, um, in of, San Francisco. Of Johnny Cash fame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I had absolute wonderful um, experience there teaching art uh, at third level to, um, to prisoners in San Quentin. So um, then was um, was romanced away from um, from California to Ireland by my lovely husband and uh, we moved here and then um, started finding a new path within the arts because I think some of the opportunities that were available to me in a larger metropolitan area were just not here yeah. so I <coughs> became um, familiar with um, the arts office and the lovely Siobhan Mulcahy who <clears throat> has been a wonderful advocate for artists for many years and um, worked as an artist in the schools through that residency program and um, began uh, working with the board of the Courthouse Gallery to develop their gallery program as um, was on the gallery committee there for several years and on the board and, and then finished up um, chairing the board there. <clears throat> but um, I guess like that's all sort of the the background to what it takes to support yourself as an artist because you don't um you don't arrive out and um and someone just gives you a paycheck for making your lovely paintings so I've um I've I've had sort of accumulate all that experience and then um and then use that to support my art practice so I am a professional art uh, artist I'm a, a painter and my, my work um, at the moment is sort of expressive landscape paintings, um, very deeply rooted in the local landscape and, um, and in my own experience. So um, after running the gamut of the, ex of the opportunities available to artists um, with exhibitions in lots of different galleries and open submission exhibitions and um, all that kind of thing, it, it, it still was quite difficult to make a living. Um, and did, was yeah. the establishment of your own gallery, did that help in terms of trying to make a living? It gave you a place to regularly showcase your own work, but also give an opportunity to other artists maybe to showcase their work. Absolutely. So it's it's kind of the, um, the essential part of my own story is that um, in order to spend enough time painting, I had to also take on um, running a gallery <laughs> because um, it just made more sense um, financially to be representing myself. <clears throat> so in uh, 20, at the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, I um, opened Faust Gallery and it, it wasn't 
I never was setting out to open an art gallery. That wasn't my plan. But what I what I knew is that I wanted to um, have a, a regular place to paint and then to show my work out of. And um, by opening the gallery, I was able to do that. And then over the next few years <clears throat> of operating it, I realised that um, there was there was such a, an amazing diversity of, of craft artists within the gallery within the, the county. Sorry. That I I that weren't represented, so I started um, showing other artists um, in three dimensional form, so sculptural works, um, and selling them through the gallery. Okay. So that's that's um, now how many years on? Eight, eight, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. What w- yeah. well established? And uh, Damien, you're w- working in a very different artistic sphere. Um, how did you establish Cup of Tea TV and all the different outlets and avenues through which? you promote and showcase uh, the musical talent within Clare, but obviously you put on acts who, who, who arrive in Clare from elsewhere as well. Yeah, well, it's still a work in progress, um, and, and, and it always will be. I'm, I'm constantly trying to think of ways to, to, to develop it and grow it and, and include as many as possible. But it, it started off with uh, just an idea of talking to local musicians um, who wouldn't have... I suppose access to airwaves or, or, or TV kind of interviews or anything like that. So I just went out and bought a camera and a microphone and started approaching musicians that I know I knew locally. Um, the likes of Emma Langford would have been one of the first, and uh, David Hope, um, who, who's been on the show quite a few times. They, they were involved at, at the early days of Cup of Tea TV and helped me to develop that. And from that, then it just branched out into into more musicians. And then I just got a. I just felt a tickle to, to put on gigs as well um, because I just noticed in Shannon, my hometown of Shannon, if anyone who doesn't know, um, there's, there's great musicianship in the town and kind of the, the folks that play kind of play in, in the pubs where it's kind of secondary to, it's not considered art, we'll say. It's kind of just, it's background noise. Yeah. But I always I always saw these musicians as, I'd be watching them if I was out having a pint, we'll say, I'd be watching them and saying, gee, they're, that's unbelievable, that's fantastic. Why isn't anyone else really listening to this, you know? So it just, it just got me kind of thinking, like, okay, let's, let's try and create a space where it's a, at the ticketed gig where someone will go up on the stage and people will listen in, in theatre form. Um, so th- that kind of started. And I, I then got an idea to try and develop the, the, the young musicians in the town as well because I knew, let's say, four or five people whose, whose kids were really good at, at playing, you know, whether it was guitar or piano and, or singing. So let, let's, let's put a little night on for them. So there was, there was four or five locals and then I got on to my friend Emma, Emma Langford in Limerick. Um, this, is, this is probably about six, six years ago now. Um, she knew probably f- about five as well. So they came out from Limerick. We had five from Shannon. And we met up in my friend Colin McGuinness's barber shop in Shannon, which is a tiny, tiny floor space. But it's the only place I thought I, I, could, I could do this, you know. And he's, he's a music man himself, so he'd be open to it. So we all gathered in there. The place was stuffed with about 12 people because <laughs> the space was so small. But the kids played and they played a blinder. And I thought, geez, this went really well. Let, let's keep this going. So well, I, I've been talking with you about that recently, Alan. Yeah. Where we're at. That was the first one. We're, we're coming up to Youth in Music 59 now. So I started numbering them as they went, just just to keep a track on, on how they're going, you know. So that that's another kind of thing. I noticed there was kids there in the town that need a space 
to perform that's not in their bedroom or not they don't have to they don't have to wait for their school to kind of put on a performance to, for them to perform a regular gig in a coffee shop locally where there's a nice supportive crowd in their family comes in as well their friends come in and it's, it's a lovely vibe and it just gives them a chance to express themselves and if they do it once and they, they don't like it that's cool at least they know whereas if they come in I remember this one gig in Ennis in, in, in Somnia in Ennis um, I think the, the young girl was I think she was seven at the time it was her first time ever performing in front of a, a kind of a crowd and she did three songs really well and she bawled her eyes out, out coming off where I had the microphone set up and ran into her mum's arms and I just thought to myself okay I was a little bit worried but then uh, two minutes later she started smiling the biggest smile ever and she kept coming back kept coming back wanted to do more and the more she came back the more established she became I just guess that it was just a release of some sort of an emotion inside her that she was able to have at such a young age and yeah. I think some people mightn't get that until they're 18 or 19 you know which which I don't know very, yeah very true if, I think that's great about be- what you do Damien is that uh, you're not just giving an outlet to you know, up-and-coming musicians in the county who you think, you know, some people who get into music and they're a teenager and form bands, but it's like kids that young and giving them yeah. that first taste. And as you say, she now, you know, knows she loves per- per- performing. And uh, at the three of you, it's clear already doing so much in, in your respective fields. Um, Marie, let's focus now on Claire and its reputation as an artistic county and w- whether you think that's well-earned and whether it's of benefit to Glore in terms of the different types of be it musical or artistic acts you are trying to attract, or whether actually it's the other way around, chicken egg, it's Glore, uh, Glore's reputation for putting on a wide variety of excellent acts that attracts the acts here. I think, I think it's a mix of both, to be honest with you. I think the, the artistic community is um, really broad in, in County Clare. Um, and does it go beyond traditional music? I mean, Clare's reputation for traditional music is well-earned and well-known domestically and internationally. But is there, is there more going on in Clare artistically than just trad music? Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. And and what I find, you know, it's, it's funny because I was outside of Clare for, for the last 12 years and you can definitely see that, you know, as you said, trad music is what it's renowned for mm. and nobody nobody argues at that point. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it really, you know, it, it was so lovely to see other people from outside um, pick up, speak about the theatre artists that, that are coming from Clare and and the visual artists that are coming from Clare and writers and I really think it's you know all those other art forms um, I'm going to show my ignorance now. I'm, I'm, I, I come from a sort of a classical and a traditional world, so I, there, would, there would have been other art forms I wouldn't have been in my blood as such growing up. And it feels like they're rising. Now, maybe they were always quite high and I just wasn't aware of it, but it definitely feels from an outside perspective that people were... I feel in the 12 years I was in Sligo, people began to talk about Claire for more than its traditional music, which was so... You'd be so proud of that when you're, when you're somewhere else going, hop. Uh, <laughs> and it is interesting it's great to have you here as well for that um, you know insider but also outsider for a period perspective and to hear Claire you know how well it was doing and what it was known for um, uh, further afield Sarah what's your perspective on Claire's reputation uh, for being a great arts county and it does it go beyond just traditional music and has it been beneficial to you and other artists that you work with, Absolutely. or have you, have you and the other artists, like I said, Marie, have you contributed to Claire's reputation for having more than just trad music? Well, I, I think um, I actually think that the arts uh, cross pollinate. So, 
if you have a county that's really well known and has a beautiful wealth of traditional music, that's going to actually encourage musicians in other genres. So I see an, an amazing contemporary rock and folk uh, upswelling of, of musicians that are living within Clare, but they're performing nationally and internationally. And the same is true within the arts. So um, I don't think there's a wealth of opportunities to exhibit artwork in Clare. I think mm. that is a weakness in, in what we have at the moment. It's it's changing, but it is, um, you know, compared to other places. Like, uh, within the visual arts, people really feel they need to show in Dublin. And there are other regional centres like Galway and Limerick and and Sligo, <laughs> where there are, there are other, um, you know, exhibition opportunities, lots more than we maybe have here. But, um, but you know, artists and musicians and poets and actors and and writers like we all kind of hang out together so you know there's the wealth of what's available in one in one area of the arts um, influences the other areas of the arts um, I see a lot of uh, really interesting collaborations happening now there are things um, happening at Glore there, there are programs that are being um, done to cross-pollinate the arts there are programs um, at the Courthouse Gallery to do the same even in my own practice I've worked uh, for several years with a writer a, a poet um, and we've worked together um, I to I've um, he's uh, used my artwork to inf- uh, to inspire his poetry and I've used his poetry to inspire my artwork so there's interesting there's collaboration and as you said yeah. a lot of cross pollination going on I suppose a lot of um, uh, mutual promotion yes. almost yeah and and I mean I think for artists it's always about the process right so the, the product is great but the process is the is the thing. So if you can make your process more enlivening and more exciting, bring something new into it, it it could it could be the the liminal moment, the transition from one um, one body of work to another, from one level to another. Okay. Um, just before we go to the break, Damon, I'll get your perspective on that. I mean, you're very much involved in music, but are, are you aware of Claire being known for more artistically than just music? And even the point uh, that Sarah was making, any of the musicians that you work with, or maybe you yourself, are you, have you had involvement with uh, people from other artistic spheres within the county? Uh, for, for me, it's, it's been mostly, um, mostly music, but... Uh I mean, obviously, dance dance goes along with that as well. I mean, we've got the finest dancers in, in terms of Irish music. Um, but in terms of diversity in music, like, I, I always look back at the, the Six Mile Bridge Bluegrass Festival that used to be on every January, do you know? That, that, was, that was like uh, bringing, that was bringing accents from all over the world. Why, why are they coming to Clare from all over the world, like, you know? Because there's, there's something here that, that, that pulls them in and wants them to be part of what we have here, you know. And there's even a gig on in Kilmurray tonight, a bluegrass gig in Kilmurray tonight, and a duo from, from Branson, Missouri, are coming to Kilmurray to play tonight, like, you know. So, I mean, we have a great tradition in, in, in the Irish sense of, of music and stuff, but that also creates a, a magic where, where people from anywhere in the world want to come and play here their style of music you know and I think that that does bring diversity it brings appreciation for other types of music and other types of art as well you know 
Okay, and I can I can tell you're going to be up the front for that bluegrass gig tonight. Anyway, that's for sure. I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course I you am are. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if there's a gig in Clare that uh, you uh, that uh, you missed, then it didn't really happen. That's for sure. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break uh, here on Morning Focus, and we'll be back to continue our discussion on the arts in Clare. Stay with us. Lauren Lynch here. Join me weekdays from three on Out the Gap. And all this week, you could bag yourself over 550 euro if you can guess the triple threat. Welcome. My presence. I've got all your latest showbiz updates. I've got the biggest hits around. I've got your clock out clash. And this week's Irish Artist of the Week is Erica Cody. Join me weekdays from three. Despite low temperatures and high energy costs, it's important everyone stays warm and well through the colder months. It's also important to understand that saving energy where possible saves money and helps reduce the impact on our climate. Simple steps can make a big difference, like turning down the thermostat by one degree, limiting the use of high energy appliances like tumble dryers, or ensuring we don't heat rooms that aren't in use. Government is playing its part too, making a range of supports available to help ease the burden on families across the country. For support and advice, visit gov.ie forward slash reduce your use. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. Shannon Paint Albany, Ennis and Smithstown Shannon. Big January sale ends this Saturday, January 27th. Up to 25% off paints, 20% off all stock wallpapers, 20% off rugs, up to 30% off pictures, mirrors, cushions and occasional furniture. Shannon Paints have been bringing new life and colour to homes and businesses for over 50 years. Ample free car parking in both stores. Visit us at shanahanpaints.com Hi, Zara here from Liffey Mills. Did you know we stock a range of household essentials such as washing powders, cleaning products, kitchen utensils, clothes airers, oilcloth and so much more. With our fuel offers you're on to a winner with our range of smokeless fuel, wood pellets, wood briquettes and fantastic special offers in store. Blundstone dealer boots alongside Ridgeline Outdoor Clothing known for their extreme weather protection are the newest lines just added to our clothing department. Be sure to check them out. Liffey Mills Fueling Efficient Farming. Personal improvement deserves recognition. That's progress you can feel. And the very definition of the Audi 241 range. From the striking style and comfort of the enhanced Audi A6 to the era-defining iconic Audi A4 with competition edition. And the quietly efficient Audi Q4 e-tron Electrified driving with no compromise. Test drive the Audi 241 range at an Audi dealer near you today. The way you eat a cream egg says everything about you. If you eat yours by cracking it open like an egg, that means you're a bit punchy. You don't whisper in the cinema. You've been known to cut your own fringe. And you never get jet lag. Search Cream Egg Test to find out who you really are. Cadbury Cream Egg. How do you eat yours? Central Shoes Kilrush and Limerick. Winter sales stock is now half price. We're clearing winter boots and shoes. Yes, half price at Central Shoes Kilrush and Limerick. Giving you the facts. Getting to the truth. Morning Focus on Claire FM. Now, and you're very welcome back to our special uh, panel discussion on the arts in Clare, where we're continuing our chat with uh, Marie O'Byrne, the director at Gloran Ennis, uh, Sarah Faust, artist and owner-director of the Faust Gallery, and uh, Damien O'Rourke from Cup of Tea TV. And, uh, Marie, we might look at um, uh, the, the, the yin and the yang, the good and the bad, the pros and the cons. What, what do you feel Clare excels at in terms of... Where does it excel in terms of promoting the arts and wh- what needs to be done to improve showcasing or promoting artists or performers or musicians? 
Nice simple one there for you. This is the bit where I'm like, why am I first? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to take a a little, uh, the easy way out of this and just, and just, I suppose, what I've noticed, um, I'm only back in the town for six months, so uh, that's a hard question for me to really give a proper answer on. But what I've noticed and what I, what I'm trying, I suppose, to to bring into Glore um, is there was there was massive collaboration of artists and artists um, from different genres in Sligo, um, and 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 it's definitely about a few key people who brought, who just were really good at bringing people together. And I'd love to instill a bit more of that um, in in Glore and in what we do in Glore. Um, we've we've started it in in a way we set, we set up. Um, I just think community participation is is really important. Um, you know, not just about people who are, who are making their lives as professional artists, but just the regular community to come along um, and in partake, in, in number to partake. But in, do you mean partake by j- turning up to watch and paying and? I, able to keep it as a going concern or I, get actively I, involved in another way? Actively involved in okay. another way. So so we set up some participation opportunities in, in the last few weeks. Um, so one is a community trad orchestra and then a community um, classical orchestra. And then we set up a big sing event as well. And the numbers that turned out have been just amazing. Like over over 170 people signed up to the traditional music orchestra. Like well, that's that's going to be one heck of an orchestra, <laughs> isn't it? Will you fit them all on the um, stage? Well, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, so just those types of opportunities. I think they're really um, they're really community building, I suppose. You know, and it's even just to give 170 people, some of whom wouldn't have been on the glory stage before, an opportunity to get up there and, you know, break those boundaries down. Uh, I think that's been, it's been lovely to, to watch over the last week or two. It's a very interesting idea and that might give them even beyond performing in that orchestra an appreciation for other arts and, you know, absolutely. they might be exposed to it through what's on a glory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and then I suppose the other thing that I... I was telling Sarah about before out before we came in here um, was just that there was a, there was an initiative in Sligo that grew very organically, um, but that was really community building um, uh, in terms of a music um, sort of idea. Uh, uh, where it just brought there was traditional music playing with jazz musicians playing with rock musicians playing with classical musicians and you'd lo- I would love you know I mean those things have to grow organically but it's something I would love to sort of if it could happen in Clare it would be, it would be a dream to just bring people together and offer them opportunities to work with others and, and as Sarah says cross pollinate um, you know in terms of creative ideas um, I, th- I think that's really exciting for people Okay well uh, let's, go, let's go to Damien on that considering he's heavily involved with music. Um, Just on that point Marie's making, do do you see any signs of that happening Damien or is it something you would actively encourage musicians from different genres coming together and uh, working on different things, I don't know, like a classical hip hop collaboration somewhere in Clare? (laughs) Yeah, like myself and uh, Ray Fien and uh, DJ Sullivan, we're we're working on um, trying to find a room or a space or a unit in, in the industrial estate that we can have a, a jamming space for for people, kids, adults. Like my brother plays drums, but he has nowhere to play them, so he had to sell his drum kit. He just he just wants somewhere he, he can go to for an hour just to just to bang away in the drums. There's kids that are looking for and new bands that are looking for places to jam. 
that aren't in there. I know, Larry, I know you too formed in, in Larry Mullen's kitchen, but <laughs> I know that that's not that's not as uh, accessible for for kids to be jamming in in, in their houses. So there, there's, there's a big demand for that. So we're we're actually trying to put together a space in Shannon that people can come to 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 jam and just set up kind of uh, time slots that they can book. And then you never know, there could be a band in and the next band is waiting to come in and they're hearing something with them and then they say, can we try a little bit of this together? And you just you just don't know what that will create. Um, and it's great that Ray Fien is involved as well because Ray Fien's a Shannon man and his his journey in music, like he used to walk to Limerick and hitch to get into Limerick to, to find these jamming places. So he knows the struggle. And so he's heavily invested in this, as as is DJ O'Sullivan as well from Thirteen Doors. So we're we're, we're trying to create that because if we can just lay down the fertile ground, the trees will grow. And that that's what I think about music, musicianship in Shannon because it is so diverse. We've got classical, we've got contemporary, we've got rock and roll, we've got trad. Like why not try and cross pollinate and 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 see what happens, you know? But at least give the give the ground to do that, you know? So. Um, yeah, I think if, if the space is there, good good things will happen. Okay, we could see some extremely eclectic and uh, genre-defying music coming out of Clare in Absolutely, the coming yeah. years. Um, yeah. Sarah, on the point about where you know where, where, what Clare does well in terms of promoting arts, you have to mention Clare, uh, <laughs> and uh, where it, where it could improve, or what you know what what, what comes to mind for you. So I, I think there's been some really interesting developments in it in Glore. Um I know um, Orla Flanagan was really uh, the previous director was really focused on um, bringing artists together and supporting artists in their practice. Um, so I, just to just to background that a lot of opportunities for artists um, aren't really focused on what that artist needs. They're focused on producing art, which will be hung in a public building or or producing um, a public project or teaching or these kind of things. These can actually pull artists off track because your own practice has its own central compass and its own authenticity. And sometimes to meet the qualification for um, a public grant, um, you're actually just pr- producing a product for something else. It's not really about your own artwork. So I think that what, what Orla had brought in with Glore was, was ways for artists to, to meet together, to share ideas, to brainstorm, um, even just, again, to cross-pollinate with people from different media. And that was really powerful. Um, it was about supporting the artist in really, in really simple and yet fundamental ways. Um, the other thing I see as a real lack, and I mentioned it just briefly there, was um, that there really aren't that many opportunities for exhibiting art in the county. So um, several years ago, uh, we started an interesting initiative in Ennis Diamond called the Ennis Diamond Art Trail. And what that was was a way of focusing focusing people's awareness on that, that there were a lot of um, art businesses in Ennis Diamond. So you could yeah. come to Ennis Diamond, walk around the town, and you could visit lots of different galleries and private little galleries and workshops and that kind of thing. And as a as an ancillary to that, then we invited local businesses to be a part of the Ennis Diamond Art Trail by um, all they needed to do was to offer to um, exhibit artwork uh, for sale in their premises in addition to their regular business. So That's a really good idea, actually, getting the businesses involved. Yeah. Exactly, because um, art, art 
enhances its environment. Um, and what do artists need? Realistically, if artists are producing artwork, they need a place to exhibit and sell it. A shop window, yeah. Yeah. And, and so then we in immediately doubled the size of the art trail by offering this initiative to businesses that they could be allies with the art trail by by showing artwork within their within their business. And then they would be on our little map and brochure. So very, very simple, you know, initiative. It didn't cost anything. It, it didn't have a big um, infrastructure behind it. Hmm. And it, it actually didn't need public funding, really, except the little bit of money that we, we occasionally get from the county council, which supports our, um, our marketing efforts. And that is really welcome. So producing our brochure and things like that. Um, and then the other thing I would say is that um, in terms of enhancing the artist experience within Clare would be that um, we all need help to go further outside of the county. You, you can have your little community and, and, and be well known within it. But what, what artists in Dublin have that we don't have is a, a, a big well-oiled mechanism for um, bringing artists to the larger world. How do you do that then? Because obviously yeah. like that's the capital, bigger population, more opportunities. Yeah. How do we get a pathway for artists from Clare or musicians or whatever artistic sphere they're involved in to go beyond the, 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 the banner border and yep. get promoted elsewhere, including Dublin? So there's a programme um, that um, is offered in, in County Waterford by the um, Arts Office there, I believe I have that right, um, where they actually um, highlight Waterford artists individually. So they would choose a certain number of artists uh, that they would highlight in a year and they would um, do different kinds of promotion for them. So it could be just like, you know, these are the Waterford artists. It's an online promotion. It could be ex a series of exhibitions. It could be that they sponsor them to... I, I'm not entirely sure what it what it works, how it works yeah. for them. But but for for um, like statutory bodies here in Clare, that could be that could be an option to highlight artists and carry them further out you know they could um there are various um art showcases at large venues like the rds where you know the the claire arts could have a, a booth and bring artists to that um other like i know they do for craft manufacturers at things like the irish open or you know um other sort of um uh, showcases for for product that could be done for the arts and there's there's no kind of no reason not to and i know that like the statistics are out there about what the arts does for the economy and we know that for every euro spent on the arts it returns much better than you'd imagine in 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 financial returns so by promoting claire artists it, it's a win-win um but it's it's fundamental to what we as artists need is for our light to to be enhanced and shown further yeah, and especially in a country which part of how we promote ourselves abroad is you know, the land of saints and scholars, our culture, our musicians and so on. Uh, you need to give afford the opportunity for the new breed to come true. Uh, just before I go to another ad break, Marie, um, do, do you want to uh, comment further on what Sarah was saying there in terms of different uh, avenues for people to, yeah, to promote yeah, their work? I, th I think it's... Um you know, I think I think the life of an artist is hard because you 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 your practice is so important, and yet you have to be everything. You have to be a marketer, an administrator, and uh, you know, be able to find contacts and use them. And and, and you need to learn all those skills. I mean, is there a course to teach artists to, to be able to do all of those elements that they probably didn't think about when they first picked up a paintbrush yeah. or just wanted to explore their passion? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, there there isn't that course. I mean, 
there's lots of things you could access, but they all take yeah. time away from what, what you want what to, to be do, doing, yeah. really. Um, so I think I think it is hard. So any supports that uh, that statutory bodies can give is, you know, will always be always be welcome um, because it's. It's tough, and and you know a, a lot of I suppose a lot of supports tend to be through a grant given giving um, uh, option, and that is really hard. You know, mm. I mean, I do grant applications, and and sometimes you don't get them. And but I I'm paid a salary by the job I do. You know, all that all that grant writing is done on an artist's own time, and you know to receive a knockback from it, it, it can be really. Um, demotivating you know yeah. so uh, yeah so so the more support possible that absolutely it'll always be welcome Okay the powers to be the government who hope you're listening give, give, give artists more money and uh, we'll <laughs> see if they get back to us and uh, have released some funds after this ad break stay with us we'll be back with uh, the next slot section of our discussion on arts Being a Garda will change your life I often hear my friends who have normal jobs complaining about going to work I love what I do and I think most Garda are the same you're just not allowed to get bored I've done the job for 30 years and had 20 different roles, each time learning something new. I've been a coach and mentor. I've managed high-risk undercover operations. I've walked the beat and developed protocols for dealing with cyberbullying, which is saving lives right across Ireland today. I'm currently involved in extraditing dangerous criminals who pose a risk to our communities. Being a guard is a really tough job, but it's definitely a job worth doing. You can apply now at publicjobs.ie. So he was like messaging me all night and then he just ghosted me. No way. Yeah. He was like, you're so hot. I want to come over. Okay. And I was like, cool. And he was like, I'm on my way, driving over right now. And then? Nothing. Phone use while driving can be deadly. Your phone, it won't kill you to put it away. From the Road Safety Authority, visit rsa.ie. The world is getting a little more... more. But maybe more could mean something else. More means more proactive green energy solutions. More means more wind turbines and more recycling. More means more biodiversity and more energy storage. More means more hydrogen and more solar farms because more clean energy means more efficient living, means more thriving communities, means more energy autonomy. That's why we're more than Mona. Learn more at morethanmona.ie Board Nimona. Get down to Shannon Town Centre. You'll find everything you need with so many shops under one roof. Favourites like Alexandra Dental, Lloyd's Pharmacy, Orex Pharmacy, Hillary's Pharmacy and Rockhall Vets. Open seven days a week with free parking, so stay as long as you like. Shop local at Shannon Town Centre, at the heart of the community. If it matters to you, let us know. Contact us now. 1850-400-964 or email focus at clare.fm and you're very welcome back to our very special uh, panel discussion on the arts in Clare where I'm joined by the director of Glorin Ennis, Marie O'Byrne, artist and owner, director of Faust Gallery, Sarah Faust and Damien O'Rourke from Cup of Tea TV and uh, music uh, promoter. I um, just want to get your sense of whether you're relatively happy with your lot and the lot of the artists you work with uh, in 2024. Damien, uh, I'll give you the, the first uh, swing at this particular ball. I mean, you're, I suppose, you're contributing a lot to bands and musicians uh, of all ages getting a chance to showcase their wares. So are, are you relatively satisfied with the, the state of your 
section of arts in Clare in 2024? Are you finding when you're trying to find new venues that there are uh, a supply of them? I suppose you use places that wouldn't traditionally be have been music venues. Mm. You mentioned the barber yeah. shop, which is uh, uh, yeah. ingenious. Yeah, I mean, again, back to Shannon, my hometown, we're crying out for uh, a designated space for, for gigs. Like I've, I've done them in in many spaces around around Shannon, and to have one creative space would be is what we're looking for for the last ten years, really. And there was a group of people uh, trying to do that, and just kept meeting stumbling blocks. So, if we had that, I think that would help to enhance and encourage what what we have already. You know, um, I have I've the the Wings Festival coming up next week, and we're we're going to be using kind of or sorry next next month, the end of next month. Where we'll be using kind of different uh, different spaces around the town to to kind of house the the music sessions and then then the gigs at the weekend as well and the town centre the units in the town centre too. So um, we we have we have we have it all. We just need like a a place to place to put it, you know. So I think if we, if we had that as well, it would just help things move along a lot quicker and encourage more people to get to get involved. Yeah, hope, hopefully that will happen uh, yeah. at some point sooner rather than later. Sarah, from your perspective, yeah. are you relatively satisfied with the, the state of arts in Clare as we uh, move for, forward in 2024 or is there uh, is it a case of uh, a lot done, more needs to be done? I, I think if, if we're talking about the work, the artwork that's being produced in the county, it's rich beyond all measure. Um, I actually had the privilege of recently curating uh, an exhibition that's at the courthouse right now. We did a little pitch on the radio here on Morning Focus. And um, that focuses on seven um, painters, Claire painters, and um, the quality of the work and the response that we've had to the exhibition has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, People are blown away uh, that this quality of work is being produced here. And and it is, and it's artists that are emerging or mid-career and they're um, they're dedicated to their practice and they're producing artwork of the highest quality. Um, so I think that the art is there. It's just a matter of um, of getting uh, public awareness of, of what's there, of, of offering offering opportunities and also I have to, I'd like to make a pitch for um, people incorporating the purchase of art into their life because um, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, it's so expensive. Well, And do you find it even harder at the moment because people are, you know, it's all about the cost of living and energy prices and so on that it, the, the need to buy art has fallen further down the pecking order of priorities? Of course it has. Yeah. And it is a luxury item and it isn't a necessity, except when it is. And I think we all felt that during COVID um, when we were reduced to viewing artwork and listening to music online and you realise what you lose uh, from a direct experience with something that communicates so much in- emotional intensity so powerfully that that art can feed your soul and that a purchase of art um, goes much further than uh, the purchase of a the newest smartphone or or big, so true, big yeah. telly. It's it's kind of the price point you're maybe looking at, but it it will last a lot longer than the obsolescence of two or three years, and it you can pass it on to your children and their their your grandchildren. So it's it's really um, a beautiful thing to think about, and and that then enables artists to make more work. So. It, it's and actually for, for all three of you, you know, be it whether it's music or or, or art or whatever it might be that art is treated too much as a a commodity that it's looking mm. at the numbers crunching the numbers and not looking at that 
in a sense, very unquantifiable mm. um, feeling, passion, emotion uh, that Sarah was touching on that you get from listening to a song or mm. um, looking at a painting, whatever it might be, or watching a performance that just enriches you, your soul, as Sarah says, and um, that needs to be accentuated more, not how much does that album cost, how much is a ticket to yeah. that gig, how much is this painting? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I would 100% agree. Um, I I um, didn't have the means to, to buy much art over the years, but I have to say, you know, when I was packing up my house in Sligo, like, the things I'm most proud of buying are the artworks that I bought over the last few years, so I would absolutely agree with that. But also, I suppose, to touch on what we all went through for a few years of COVID and, you know, being locked in our houses, um, uh, you know, going out to see live art also mm. just gives you an opportunity to meet people and, and, and you know, be part of a community. Um, and, and I think, you know, just going back to those initiatives we set up, it's definitely about community and being with people, you know, as much as it is about trying to play your instruments in, in you know, to, to a better, um, you know, a higher level or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think the opportunity to get out there and meet people and do something with people has become really important to, important to the world. Um, it's funny, I was only thinking that last night, like, I, I really feel like I, I watch an awful lot less TV since COVID because I'm, you know, I'm just involved in doing stuff more. Um, so I think that's one. And all, all the better for it, I'd say. And oh, just as you said, I was thinking, I watch a lot less TV as well. Uh, even that traditional kind of, you know, oh, such and such a programme's on at 10 tonight. And, uh, you know, most view TV. Yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like, it, it, sometimes you don't really realise that your habits have changed until you're well in the middle of the new habits, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> and that sense of community you're talking about, I mean, particularly uh, with music, Damien, you must... And for you, when you put on a, a gig and you see a crowd come, I suppose your first overriding emotion must be relief that people have turned up, yeah. uh, for, both for yourself, <laughs> yeah. but also for the band yeah. or a musician who's playing. But then if they really get into it and there's just that joyous communal feeling and the audience are feeding off the artists, the artists feeding off the audience, you must get a great, everyone involved gets a, a, a great level of satisfaction out of that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just as you said there, I find it, it's easy to organise something um, in music, but it's it's about getting bums in seats, and once those bums are in the seats, there's just a magic in a room where people are there for the same reason, and they're they're listening to a musician or a band or whatever's going on. And for me, as someone who kind of does that, the sense of achievement there is is just you, you can't you can't measure that. Like you know, I just love I just love seeing people coming together, and I played sport for a long time. And I thought that was like a great way to bring people together. But there's competition in sport, whereas music is just there's no competition. Like if people are there in the same room together, there could be a Man United fan and a Liverpool fan, and they're going to be fond of the same music. You could have, you know, a Munster and a Leinster fan. You know, you know what I mean? It it just brings everyone from different races, different belief systems together, and it's um, it's just a pleasure to be doing that and. I just just on on the diversity thing that we were talking about a while ago, we have um, Shannon's Got Talent on Friday night at eight o'clock in the Oakwood. Little plug there, sorry. No, but by all means, this is. I want you all to plug it. Show your wares. Plug them to the audience. Yeah, yeah so that that's been planned um, as, as a fundraiser. So the diversity there. We have a magician coming in, dance group. We've got some traditional. We've got contemporary. We've got uh, a folk singer as well, and and a couple of more that that, that have escaped my mind. We've ten acts all together. 
diverse across the the whole the whole line, you know. So that'll be a great night. And again, you're one of the judges coming. as well, Damien, aren't you? You're going to do your best Simon Cowell yeah. impression. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll be the nice guy. I'll be the nice <laughs> guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. For me, music, music is the real magic in this world, and and it it does create healing, and it and it's the the ultimate kind of thing that brings people together. You know. Mm. Uh, what about yourself, Sarah? Any anything coming up? And I know you, you said we, we could do it more um, uh, galleries, and that's uh, uh, I suppose we'll, we'll need an additional panel discussion to <laughs> further flesh that one out. But um, tell us what's coming up for both for you and for Faust Gallery in the, the coming weeks and months. So um, the exhibition that I mentioned uh, called uh, Beyond Brushstrokes is still on at the Courthouse Gallery until the twenty fourth of February, and I would encourage everyone to see this exhibition it is absolutely beautiful um, a lovely showcase for the arts in Clare um, and that is also supported by the Clare County Council I'd like to mention that um, so um, as well as that I'll be leading a curator's tour on the 10th of February of that exhibition at 2pm that's a Saturday afternoon and um, as far as Faust Gallery goes this is actually the time of the year when I have the doors closed and I'm working away on my easel and I'm working on my own artwork which is an essential part of what I do as well but um, during this time I am still open by appointment so if anyone is interested in finding out more about my artwork and um, I give a lovely tour of my own gallery as well (laughs) so um, that's um, through the end of March and then from April through December the gallery is open to the public and I would encourage anyone um, who is curious about art um, to stop into a gallery I just like to say it can be very intimidating and I know a lot of people um, would be curious but not feel very comfortable coming into an art gallery but um, I make a point of having a warm welcome at the gallery so that um, no matter what your level of experience or your understanding of art you'll get a smile and a welcome and an encouragement to look at the work and talk about it. I can I can uh, testify to that. Sarah's smiling uh, as we speak, so you'll definitely get a, a smile from her. And uh, Marie, what's coming up at Glore? We know there's always something happening there. Oh, there's so much, um, and I didn't bring a brochure with me to my shame. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, our website has all has all the stuff, but we've a really exciting gig coming up on the 2nd of February at the Circus Ponies. They're doing a, a big festival. Uh, they were in with us. It sounds like it'll be an amazing <laughs> it night. Be brilliant. And we also have Elaine Hogan and Sheila Gary on the same night with Tim O'Brien, amazing bluegrass player on the 9th of February. Dean Power is doing an Irish premiere of a new work on the 21st of March. And then one thing I didn't touch on and the last question was just, I suppose, you're asking about the state of arts. I think universally it's fairly well accepted that means can um, uh, decrease the amount of diversity um, and access to the arts. So um, that is something that we're trying to, you know, bridge, I suppose, um, and so we have a lovely series the second Saturdays uh, where we feature three different uh, genres of music in our foyer in an informal concert at lunchtime um, it's pay what you can which you know if you can, if you don't have the funds um, it's free um, and if you do if you can if you can donate something we'll, 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 we'll gratefully welcome it um, but it's lovely we did our first of those a few weeks ago and it was really lovely featuring um, two classical music students um, Geraldine Cotter on the piano 
and the Davies brothers. So it was just lovely a lovely, idea. a lovely afternoon. So they'll be on the second Saturday of every month, and uh, we'd love to see people come along to those. Brilliant and great that you are doing that. That brings the curtain down on our uh, discussion on the arts in Clare. My thanks. Uh, thank you so much, Marie O'Byrne, uh, director so of Lauren Ennis, and uh, continued success uh, in the role. Uh, Sarah Faust, artist and owner, director of Faust Gallery. She'll be waiting there at the gallery door with a smile. <laughs> just ring ahead for an appointment. Uh, thank Sarah, you. thank you very much. And uh, a big thanks as well to Damien O'Rourke from Cup of Tea TV. Damien, thanks for being with us for the past hour. Savage L, thanks for me. That hour flew, by the way. It did indeed, didn't it? <laughs> uh, but that's all. That's down to the three of you. Nothing to do with me, uh, guys. Thank you very much uh, for coming in on the program this morning. This feature, Arts in Clare, is funded by Commission Naman with a television license fee. Clare.